Hi, Black Hollywood Live fans. Today we're talking about Tiger Woods' DUI arrest, the body shamer Danny Mathers gets sentenced, and more today on Justice is Served. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is Served. Hello, everybody. On this last Wednesday of, or last day altogether for the month of June, 2000, no, month of May, heading into see <laughs> already. Dang. Uh, hi, this is Justice is Served. Don't ask us about the date because we can't help you with that. But my name is Chelsea Galicia. I am joined by fellow attorneys Dominique Price and Yemi Abayami to talk about the latest in legal news. Hello, ladies. How goes it? Hi. Everybody knows the date better than I do. May 31st. Yeah, you know who may not know the date so well, at least when he was asked the other night? Tiger Woods. Mr. Tiger Woods. Uh, I think that the first question people might have is, how do you get arrested for driving under the influence when you are found asleep? Well, Well, that's a really good question. Um, And I honestly think, depending on his attorney, he may be able to get off on this unless the cop can prove that they actually seen him driving the vehicle. Uh, Some states, however, require that you cannot even be in the driver's seat. So word to the wise, if you're going to pull over and take a little nap because you feel like you've drunken a little bit too much... Go ahead and hop over into the passenger seat just in case an uh, officer does find you in your car. <laughs> Although he did admit that he was coming from L.A. or going to Orange, Orange County, even though he I don't was really in know. Yeah. Even, even though I don't really know where I was. So there's yeah. a certain He thought he admission. was in L.A., yes. I guess, driving down to Orange County. Um, so many so, things wrong with this story. You know, he said that he took medication. There was mm-hmm. no alcohol involved. In fact, he did blow a 0.0, mm-hmm. 0.0 on the breathalyzer. So as far as it appears no alcohol he says this was an unexpected reaction from medication i have a little bit of like really tiger you've been on medication probably for a long time this is your fourth back surgery and you're just now learning about how medication works well but the other thing is is that medication comes with warnings doctors tell you and so when people do this like unexpected and the the thought of Terrence Crutcher came to mind when I saw this case, right? Terrence Crutcher wasn't, like, asleep in the car, but he was pulled over on the side mm-hmm. of the road, and he was uh, on drugs. He was not, like, really with it. And Tiger Woods, too, was not really with it. Um, the dash cam video has come out, and he doesn't appear to be aggressive or anything, like Terrence Crutcher, not aggressive, but just doesn't seem to be very responsive to the officers when they're talking to him. Like, kind of, but, like, slurring. He's just, like, not not quite right. And so I'm like, if this wasn't Tiger Woods, and this was Betty Shelby who answered this call, how might this case have turned out differently? Be that as it may. The, The medication thing, in the eyes of the law... Juries like, you know, under, are more empathetic to people who have taken prescription medication rather than alcohol. So then I don't think the DUI 
charge is going to stick? It also depends on what state. So a lot of states are turning over to whether it's alcohol, marijuana, or prescription drugs. If they can show that there is an intense use when it comes to the prescription drugs, they will still cite you as a DUI. So because, like you mentioned before, that the label may have said, do not drive or uh, may cause drowsiness, if if that's the case, he still could be cited. It's just a lesser offense than a particular than the normal DUI, right? Like a and reckless some, or some right, right, prescription right. drugs won't even be count, aren't considered a cause for a DUI. Yeah. So like an Ambien, that's mm-hmm. not even though it's a controlled substance, it's not something that would cause someone to get a D, DUI. Right. right. Although we know we know that Ambien was not one of the three medications. We know that Vicodin was, mm-hmm. but don't know about the other. He had some anti-inflammatories. Which all made sense in having back surgery. So it didn't seem on the flesh of it that he may have been abusing his pain pain pills. I'm wondering if it was more so the combination that may have given some weird side effects. It seems like it might have been the combination. But, I mean, who's in the best position to determine? Besides you. Which one thing I will say is I feel like he's not getting enough credit for him not being pulled over. But actually, like, being on the side of the road. Like, would you really want this man? He had crashed into a tree. Well, I didn't didn't hear about a tree. Was it a a fire hydrant? That was the last time in 2009. No, that was before. This time, I believe he literally was just over on the side of the road. With two flat tires. Yeah, and damage to his front and rear bumper. <laughs> yeah, no, there was damage to the yeah. car. I'm like, how did this Tiger, car... I was trying to have your back. No. <laughs> you see it. The, so no. the, the damage is really bizarre. He had a broken really taillight. He had damage to his, well, his front and no rear... When that his front and rear bumper. Like he he had to well, we know when the flat tires happened. The officer said that the damage to the car was fresh. Okay. Well, Tiger. So that part does complicate it and makes it seem like he's not so innocent. Like but he just like pulled over. But it sounds like he fell asleep. I wouldn't be surprised if whatever happened, however he got to the side of the road, he then while there fell asleep. But at some point, he was awake and operating. He figured, hey, the car stopped. and operating the vehicle. Something happened to it to for it to get two flat tires. So I, think, I don't really. For me, it doesn't make a difference whether he was found asleep or not. He was it, being irresponsible. It's pretty. It's still pretty dangerous. Yeah. And this, I think, has. I don't have this statistically backed up, but just knowing from what's happening in the country with medication use. And uh, opioid use, like a, a lot of DUIs, probably look more like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually something that California is um, coming down a little bit harder on, and they're really trying to figure out how how can you really assess um, someone's condition if it is induced to pain pills. And I think that's what a lot of you know counties are trying to figure out. Like, I was actually just watching a documentary, and they were talking about how Washington is now classified um, driving under the influence of marijuana as a DUI. But it's this whole further question of how do you determine what is excessive use of marijuana the same way that you can with a breathalyzer for alcohol? You can't necessarily do that. So you then have to actually make them go back with you to the station and do a um, blood test. That takes so long. Yeah, I th- I have heard that there are two companies working mm-hmm. on some kind of breathalyzer or some kind of quick test that you can see if your marijuana use is to like dangerous levels for driving. So I think that's going to be on the market fairly soon. Mm. But and I and I said that about the the marijuana is because from my understanding that's the same way that they're treating um, prescription pills. So this is, I mean, I I. I 
try not it's to new take territory. those territory. I mean, it's, there it's are a whole people new that world. are living on those. I mean, yeah. he's been having back this fourth back surgery not that long ago. And so it's another thing, though, is like this is not his first rodeo. <laughs> For him to say that it was unexpected feels a little... Well, and I think this gets back to my point of I don't know if it's a new cocktail of drugs that they've given him and I maybe all it. together. Because I know I've been on medications for after but surgeries and they'll, and they'll tell you don't take consecutively or if you skip one, you're like, oh, I'll just take these really quick, not really thinking it's that bad. And you find yourself sick, you know, and that can be total accidental. I, just, I think that... I feel like a, 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 a normal person, they somebody would come down way hard on them. But I look at Tiger Woods, I'm like, dude, why wasn't somebody else driving you? I think the opposite it. I think if I think if it was a regular person, they would get off a whole lot easier, especially seeing as how they didn't they weren't suspicious of any alcohol use. Um, I think what you were mentioning earlier about how juries will be more sympathetic to pain pills, I think so are officers. Hmm. He wasn't charged the last time he uh, had no, that which is a problem because so, the last accident he should have been charged. So I think in terms of doing this now twice, it's like okay, you got away with it once, second time. No, I don't care whether it's but alcohol the judge or... won't look at the last time, mm-hmm. or you think they will because there's nothing official. I don't think there. they will. We all just we know all about know it. it yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's not something that you can unknow. So you know. Maybe that will seep into their consciousness, and uh, and that will be something so, that comes into so play. So, because of the past, it's unlikely that it'll be completely dismissed and won't be anything. But we don't think it's going to be a DUI. We think I it's don't think it'll be a DUI. But a lot of again to what I, my point that I was making, a lot of states haven't clearly defined what it looks like driving impaired when it comes to um, pain pills. Like, what what exactly are you charging him with? Reckless endangerment? Probably. Are you trying what, like, like I'm I'm and I'm asking, I don't even know what the what the lesser charge would be. Unsafe driving, I don't know, something like that. I don't know Florida law at all. I think and it would have is, to be Shaka, who I think is the only one among uh, us who is, is barred Florida. in Florida, mm. um, is not here today. And I don't know if he knows the DUI laws in Florida these days. It's not something that they test you on when you are becoming an attorney. At least not in California. Not that I know of. No. Okay. So we're just going to have to leave that one right there and keep people updated as we find out. But I think that the story is probably going to die down because it's going to be some... Some nominal something. But I, think I hope it'll not. Be I think, you know, the consequences could, like in this case, fine. No one was injured. He was asleep. He had two flat tires. Anything could have happened where, you know, he hit somebody, a child is killed. I mean, we're lucky that no one was injured in this circumstance, but to kind of let things like this fly by, I think just sets a bad precedent. Yeah. I, I will, give, I really will agree with you there. That's really true. Okay. An update on a couple police shooting cases where some internal. Justice, if you can call it that. Can we call it that? I hardly. Uh, we're talking today about the Tamir Rice case and about Freddie Gray. So we could start with Tamir Rice. So he was a 12-year-old boy that was killed in the park for playing with uh, a toy gun that appeared to be real to two officers that just pulled up and then one of them killed him like uh, seconds Within upon seconds arriving of on the arriving. scene. Mm-hmm. And the officer who fired the fatal shots, uh, Timothy Lohman, was fired this week from the Cleveland Police Department. 
you might think, oh, okay, this is justice being served in the Tamir Rice case, but his firing actually has nothing to do with Tamir Rice, although it was only because of the Tamir Rice case that he was being investigated deeply-ish. And that is where it was found that he had lied on his application for employment with that police department. Did you think that what he lied about was a big enough of a deal to fire him over? A, lot, a big enough of a deal. Lying on an employment application <laughs> is grounds for termination. 100%. And, the and officer already had the fraternal, fraternal order of police. They already have uh, something prepared. Oh, yeah. They're going to. Mm-hmm. Because they say that even if he did do those things, it's not that big of a deal to fire well, him over. Well, but I think, well, for, okay, so number one, lying on an employment application, I think, is always cause for termination, termination in the first place. But the second piece of it was the fact that the areas in which he lied were actually important. So he said that he had never been fired from a police department. Uh, his previous employment, he had resigned, but it only came to light later that he had resigned because he was forced to resign. Otherwise, he would have been fired. Um he had had various uh, disciplinary actions taken against him on his application. He had marked that he had never had any disciplinary action taken against him. Like he was um, suspended, right? Yeah, and I, I, I truly think these were key indicators that he may have had some anger issues or just some things that he didn't quite work through all the way at his previous post. And I think I think they go to his judgment. And I think uh, it was very relevant to um, firing him. Yeah, the most alarming thing that I saw is that he had been labeled sort of as like emotionally immature, mm-hmm. uh, lacking sort of an emotional, I don't know, intelligence. I don't think that was which the quote, I think an something. officer needs. And I was like, that should be something that disqualifies an officer from being an officer anywhere. Mm-hmm. He had had an emotional breakdown during one of his state mm-hmm. qualification Exams, tests. Yeah. Yes, so. I, I don't know on notice. But so these these types of things aren't insignificant things. If I'm a police department and I find out that this is who I have on my staff, you know, there's already enough liability right, for police right. departments in this age of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cell phones and video footage. And they don't need to have evidence wide, right, wide open for them, right. um, you know, for them to be caught with their pants down. Right. I think you have to look at it like, say, for example, if he was a teacher and he was a convicted pedophile and he didn't mark that on his application and they didn't do a background check, but he was at a school, the school would be liable for hiring him if something was to happen to one of those children. Negligent hiring. So, yeah. exactly. So, it gets to the point of now this 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 police station should be liable for not thoroughly having his background checked prior to putting him on duty. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, um, Tamir's mother saying anything. I mean, she did express disappointment that the officer was fired over the lie rather than for killing her son. Mm -hmm. But she says it will be a step towards, you know, healing and justice. But I haven't heard her, and I hope that she still has an attorney, although she did get $6 million in a civil suit, um... And against the, the department, mm-hmm. and that may bar because it may have just included yeah. any other yeah. claim to go after sure the department for something that. like negligent mm-hmm. um, hiring, mm-hmm. which hadn't occurred to me before you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, and they kind <sighs> of are left with no option but to fire him because now they're on notice. Yeah, I, I this the whole shuffling around like when an officer does poorly at one department and then gets to just go to another one and another. 
um, that's not cool. It's I don't really know how, how it's just so okay. Nobody wants to be the one that like deprives him of the right. So they're like, you just quit before you know you cause further trouble. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go. You just get out. And then and then I guess it, it it was I mean not exactly foreseeable, but that it is somewhat foreseeable that that officer is going to have a problem not only in the department but dealing with the public because that's where emotional stuff comes up. So I I would be livid if I was Tamir's mother to find out that this was an officer who was on the police department. Yeah, but I think it just goes back to conversations that we've had on this panel before in just kind of scrutinizing a little bit more the applications and what it takes to become an officer. Um, I think they just have to do a better job. Or to stay an officer. Yeah, um, like what's that follow-up? What's the psyche vow look like? What do you, like, do you, is I have it, never like, heard of mandatory one. counseling every blue moon. Like, yeah. I, just, you deal with people and you have people's lives at stake. Are you a whole person? It's a good question. I've never heard of that. I mean, I think they're offered that when they go through an especially harrowing situation, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're offered that kind of care just generally. But I can't speak that to would that. Be, that would be a good investment, I think, in law enforcement. My brain went straight to the Trump budget proposal, which oh, increased God. law enforcement, but not in the way that I think is going to be helpful. All right. Uh, his partner, though, I don't know if we're going to talk oh, yeah. about his partner, but his, the partner was given a 10-day suspension okay, for so not following tactical rules. Because he, because he pulled up too closely to Tamir rather than waiting at the entrance of the park for backup and waiting to waiting for backup for department policy. And so he's going to face... What like ten, 10 days. days? Does that bother people? I, I I feel like that's like, like not even a slap on the wrist. That's like a slap on the knuckle. I feel like it's 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 hard to say. It's hard to kind of answer. Just because a part of me is like, well, let's think about this logically. Had he a follow procedure, maybe it would have given them more time to react and see what exactly he he had in his hand. Or if he was aggressive or even in the in the aim to shoot at them, you know, just little things like that. Like, I do feel like that's what these policies are in place for, for them to follow. Um, because and and people hate when you say this, but, you know, officers, when felt in danger, have the right to shoot to kill. And so it's just kind of like you have to follow procedure to make sure that if you do have to pull that trigger You've done everything possible before that point. Yeah, to you avoid know? it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that this guy could have anticipated that his partner was going to jump out and kill him in two seconds. You know, so I agree. Okay, he made the mistake of approaching too closely. I, I, I'm sure there are tons of great officers out there who have made mistakes mm-hmm. or deviated mm-hmm. from departmental rules from time to time. I don't I don't think that all of them therefore need to be fired. Right. Um, but I do think disciplinary action mm-hmm. is a good thing to see so that others maybe are a bit more careful careful the next time. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, put put onto him uh, the mistakes of his partner right. and acting so right. rash and so quickly. So mm-hmm. ten days sounds fair to you? Ten days sounds what can it's it's hard like what are you supposed to say like it's all screwed up like completely screwed but uh, i i mean what do you think it, something more but at the end of the day you have to think about it it he didn't shoot 
this young child, his partner did. And so if his liability in the situation was missing that step and this is what the rational punishment but, is. But this is what this can, is what do you, this is the problem is that the so then the officer who jumped out and shot, well, he at that point was scared because he was really close to somebody who looked like an adult who had something that looked like a gun, or so he claims. Because <laughs> I'm like, that little boy looked like a little boy. Right. Well, well and remember that. He claims the... he looked like an, a, a big adult. Uh, so I'm just, so, <laughs> so it's like, so that's, so it's half of his fault and then half of the driver's fault, the police officer who drove up to the scene for getting too close. I wouldn't. And put, so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say half and half. Okay. So, but by any but you means. never. But you and never. And then get, remember the dispatcher who failed to tell them that this was a juvenile and that the gun was probably right. Fake. Who also got some uh, disciplinary action yeah. that was pretty lenient, and I pro- probably fault that person the least of the three. Hmm. But. So, but the liability gets like chopped up so many ways that no one person gets held truly responsible, and that's why the public feels that there is no justice. That police can just shoot unarmed people and get away with it. Well, because I feel like it gets into a way larger conversation. I think if anyone's liable, it's probably the entire department. You can't just say let's suspend the entire department for two weeks. Who's policing your neighborhood? So it's like. I, we can't fire all of the police, but we do need to figure out what can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. What is that training? What is that? You know, what is that re-strategizing your tactical procedure? Like that's what really needs to happen. But apparently, their tactical procedures were proper. It's just that this guy didn't follow those procedures, and right. so that's when and so like, then the it's training like there needs to be an investigation. In tra- like, are all, does everybody respond like this? Was it just him? Because you know how it's kind of like stopping at a stop sign. Let's be real. The majority of us probably do a quick California stop, and we're straight through the intersection. Do we know that it's wrong? Yeah, but everybody does it, so it's not that big of a deal. Police can't act like that. I feel like I'm yep. preaching to the choir. You guys don't disagree with me no. on that point. America, figure it out. <laughs> okay. There you have it. All right. So I was just looking for some affirmation. She's just like, yeah. I don't disagree. Yummy's like, yeah, like, I'm not going to give it to you. No, I was like, I needed some Better luck on the next story, Dom. Better luck on the next one. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is a completely different kind of case. So this is the body shaming case. This is Danny Mathers, who was, what, she was like Playmate of the Year in 2015. Um, and I'm she, sorry, I don't keep up with that. I don't know. Playmates. I just. Um, yeah, 2015 Playmate of the Year. <laughs> That's what, That's she, what, was. I, That's what she was. Um, she was in a gym locker room when she Snapchatted a pic of a 71-year-old woman. Yes. And commented, if I can't unsee this, then neither can you. She claims that she meant to private message it, but it went out publicly, and the woman was body shamed. The city of Los Angeles charged her, and she has been sentenced for this. What do you guys think of her sentence? Well, uh, if only we were this harsh on the police officers. <laughs> I know, really. No police officer got probation, graffiti removal, community service, nothing of any kind. And this woman, who did take this picture and post it publicly, got th- three 30 years. hours. Three years probation, 30 hours of uh, graffiti cleanup. Yeah. Um, 
See, now, I personally think what would have hurt her most is if she would have been banned from usage of social media. How you police that, I haven't figured that out just yet, but I feel like that would have made a bigger dent in her life <laughs> than her doing some community service that she's probably going to have somebody sign. Yeah, because that's going to, that would hurt her probably financially yes. since yes. social media is used in one way or another. Right, just because you're okay with being on social media naked does not mean that the 71-year-old woman does. And it was just rude. Yes, it was just unnecessary. It was so rude. Yeah. I agree. So that was her mother. Kudos to any 70-year-old woman in the gym like trying to stay healthy and stay fit. I I don't get it. She's our hero. She Wherever you are, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) She was banned from the gym, though. Okay. I don't know if that's... the, The city of L.A. made... No, like, secrets or qualms about it. They wanted to make an example yes. of her. And so I wonder in her mind if she thinks, well, they just, they gave me something so harsh because they're, because I'm famous and they're making an example of me. No, it was because she was a dumbass and she deserved it. I okay. would also like to hear from the 71-year-old woman and how she feels about this. Yeah, I I, I, I won't that's hold really my matters. breath to hear about how she feels about it, but... I cannot they, imagine. They could ask her for a comment. They know she is. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's giving me no reassurance. <laughs> Do they know who she is? I didn't realize yeah. they knew who she was. Okay. Yeah. Because she was the one who said that she wanted. Uh, oh, yeah. She wanted her prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even remember what the uh, the charge was that she was sentenced for. Invasion of privacy. Ahaha. Uh-huh. She pleaded no contest. Yeah. She, at least that, at least she knew not to be stupid. <laughs> I mean, her Instagram says it all. It's right what? there. That she did it. You can't deny or her, it. Her Snapchat. Can't yeah. say I was hacked. She was like in the She was like in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, California, they're pr- proposing a, a, a new Senate bill that basically gives you a fine if you publish a picture of anyone who's nude or partially closed without their consent. Which is very interesting to me because I feel like California is like the porn hub of the nation. And so they post a lot of nude pictures without people's consent. And so I was wondering Who in does? reading this, like uh, major porn sites. Um, they'll they're repost. Su- they're supposed to be paid for. I know, images. but that's like a huge thing right now is that they're they're publishing pictures um, to their sites where they don't have the permission of the people in the photos to post. And so I wondered what this would look like um, if imposed on them as well. Uh, and they'll just have to get consent from their porn stars. I mean, well, they, and it's not just porn stars. Like, there's this whole new thing about like uh, uh, what do they? There's a whole term for it, but it's like revenge. Porn. Picture, it's like revenge, revenge porn, porn. of uh-huh. pictures that you've had from your exes, exes release. Yep, and they po- they they get they send them in to these big porn sites and they repost them. Hmm. Yeah, well, so just, I like, think the new proposed law that already passed through uh, the state the Senate. Senate would apply like a thousand dollar fine mm-hmm. and then restitution for the cost um, that the person took on for getting the photos taken down, mm-hmm. which is a easier bet than trying to go about it through like a copyright infringement like if somebody if you try and take down a picture that because you you took the picture it's somebody actually else, easier 
It's easier to Which so one? so say for example if I have a website www.justiceasserved and I post a naked picture of you on the site it's easier for me to go to your web provider because all I have to do is send them a DMCA claim and they have to take it down and notify you why this particular page in your site is no longer viewable. It's a lot easier for that to happen than trying to get the picture taken down one-on-one with the infringer. Oh. Hmm. Well, I just got schooled. Well, I, I was actually thinking that in terms of the money it costs to get the picture down, it's not so much for the, the the one web, like the one YouTube site or the one Facebook page, but like the 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 viral distribution. Whether there's that technology, which I think there is, that can identify images. They on can the identify it, but the work to still get them down is still like on a one-on-one basis. Hmm. And I only know because I've had a few clients where we've had to go through that process. And it's really expensive. It's not only expensive, but it's extremely time-consuming. So think about how easy it is for a picture to go viral. Um, if a naked image of a celebrity gets posted, it will, within the hour, be on at least 20 to 100 sites. Going through the process of getting those pictures down on all 100 sites that are independently owned takes forever. Hmm. It's easy to find out where they all are, but really hard to get them all taken down. But if you're going through the right the route of copyright infringement, it's a it's ten times easier, huh? Because you don't actually have to find the information for the particular uh, host. You can go straight to whoever their web provider is and make them take it down. Very interesting. All right then. Okay. Um, does this lead us to our final story already? Already? I think so. Well, okay. Well, we didn't talk about Freddie Gray, but... Oh, my gosh. I missed that one. Thanks for calling me out on it. I appreciate it. Okay. So, yeah. That was the other internal justice is not so served story where um, internally in the Maryland Police Department, five of the six officers who were involved in the Freddie Gray arrest are being disciplined. Um, we, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed with what the, and, and in this case, at least they were being disciplined actually for, the, for the, the arrest that led to Freddie Gray's death. But I didn't see anything that felt like, ooh, yeah, that's, that'll teach them. Well, some of them are subject to termination. Three mm-hmm. of them are potentially subject to termination. And the other two are f- uh, facing suspension without pay. Mm-hmm. I think I, mm. I think we all have to be very, very mindful of, one, what... What's the word I want to use? What policies govern a police officer? And how they have to follow those procedures when in the line of duty and what those punishments are when you fail to do so. And they're really, really small guys. And I think that's what to the larger point is because I think in a lot of these situations, they don't even think about the consequence of them losing their job or potentially, you know, having criminal charges so because it, it, it really happens as far as discipline on the yeah. other end. And when they are disciplined, it's usually, especially if it's their first offense, it's a really small, small, small punishment. 
And so I feel like if we were to revamp that and maybe, you know, it was more than just a paid leave or potential being fired from your job, but or if it had a little bit of weight of um, time served, I think I think it would I think it would cause a little bit more pause and thought. Yeah, I would agree. I just am feeling a little cynical at the moment that any police department is really going to undertake that, especially at this moment when we have Jeff Sessions, who doesn't believe in consent decrees. So, um, yeah, I like what you're, where your head's at. I just <laughs> don't know how many people are going to meet you there. Um, okay, so last but not least, thank you so much for reminding me because that would have uh, really bugged me if I left that part of the story out. Um, all right, so we have a First Amendment right to say what we want to say, and now a case where an advertiser is suing Sirius XM Radio, is telling us how much of a right we have to not say something. Kind of interesting. Um, And so in this case, um, the people suing Sirius wanted to run ads for some, like, dating sites. Some kind of silly... S- or es- escort services in the mind of Sirius XM. This is seeking a mil- seekingmillionaires.com, what's your price.com. What's your price.com. Okay, so. Which Sirius didn't want to air those ads. And so then this. Or they were in company, violation of their, um, po- their policies. Right. Sirius XM says. Because they, they ran the, the ads at first mm-hmm. and then they re looked at their policies and probably made sure that their policies excluded this kind of stuff because they don't want it. Okay, fine. And then then they were sued um, for like a a First Amendment infringement for failing to air the ad that I want. Please tell me all the reasons why you think that this judge in this case who said, no, SiriusXM has a right to not air these ads, was right. I think I think he was right because he was going off of a previous Supreme Court case in where it actually dealt with a newspaper not wanting to advertise um, an actual same-sex ad, which is a little bit different and a level of discrimination there. But the Supreme Court basically said that the journalists have the option to exercise control over what goes into their media pieces and that's something whether fair or unfair is in their control and I think if the judge was using any one of those previous Supreme Court cases where we've talked about news media where we've talked about um, uh, even television ads that they do have a lot of discretion what they put in their medians and so I, I think the judge was right right on target I think some people may agree with um, Lara Trump. Lara Trump is married to one of the president's sons. And she um, commented about this, that the mainstream media are champions of the First Amendment only when it serves their own political views. Hmm. She says this is an unprecedented act of censorship in America that should concern every freedom-loving citizen. Well, it's not unprecedented, so I would love for her to do a little research before she speaks on that boldly. Um, But strong and wrong, go for it. But she's totally, I mean, backwards if you just look at what the First Amendment says. The First Mm -hmm. Amendment says that the government cannot infringe upon your ability to speak, except under certain circumstances. 
It does not say that the private sector must air mm-hmm. whatever you want to air. And I think that, honestly, I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize is that your favorite news stations, your favorite newspapers, your favorite radio stations are privately owned. You can't tell someone what they have to put on their programming. Yeah. And that's what this this judge emphasizes in the decision, saying that the First Amendment is just a as much about protecting your right to say something as much as it is as it is to protect your right not to say anything at all. Right. And speaking of Trump, this is going to affect him yes. because he has because wanted he's, to air Because he's currently um, in the process of wanting to sue CNN, NBC, and ABC. Fox News, and ABC yeah. because he wants to run an ad talking about their fake news um, cycles and they've all refused. They've all refused to um, comply. And I just, it really gets back to one of those the conversations we've had before about does Trump really understand how America works? No. Does he just, understand the Constitution? No. Well, clearly, him and the rest of his family don't get Muslim it either. Man exhibit don't. exhibit like forty six. Right? Again, this last version of the Muslim man was struck down for all the reasons that we've talked about on the show about why it probably would get struck down. So, uh, the Can answer somebody is no. find me some good news about Trump? I just need one morsel to just, I need. Well, I don't think the idea, well, how about this? All the news is freaking out that he's going to pull us out of the Paris Climate Agreement. The good news is that today, at least, he didn't. <laughs> That's all I can offer you. That's all I can offer. Um, well, I wish that we could end this on a more positive, That was more positive. Just what are you note. talking about? Okay, I guess that's going to have to do it for today. Um, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to tweet uh, at one of us, please do. I'm at Chelsea Galicia. I'm at Yems on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Dominique P underscore ESQ on all social media platforms. And be sure to join us next week for another episode of Justice is Served. See ya. From producers Maria Menunos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.